Are you a small business leader who still at times finds social media can be overwhelming and daunting? Well, you're really going to enjoy this interview. Linda Coles, author of Social Media for Business, demystifies social media as it's used to connect B2B. She reminds us of the importance that we're always connecting person to person to include our personalities and to find ways to reach them on multiple channels. So stay tuned. There are some great tips coming up. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Bill Ringel, host of My Quest for the Best, a podcast where ambitious small business leaders discover strategies and tactics to unlock their growth potential. Joining me today is Linda Coles. Linda is a speaker and writer living outside of Auckland, New Zealand. She's published her fourth business book of 11 total called Social Media for Business. Welcome, Linda. Hello, how are you? I'm doing wonderfully. Can you fill in a gap or two from that intro and give us a glimpse into your life outside of work? Gosh, well, I live in New Zealand, as you said. I have my five wonderful fur baby goats. <laughs> Not many people keep goats as pets. And I write. I write books. I write suspense. And I write social media books or marketing books. And I've been over in the country here for about 15 years, having come from the UK. So um, we came over for a change of life. And we set up a fig orchard of all things and we exported figs to um, LA. But uh, that got a bit monotonous, so I needed to get back into the corporate world. So I decided I would start my own business, Blue Banana, and here I am. Linda, tell me, growing up, you were in England. What was an early mentor or experience or source of inspiration for using, I won't say social media, but technology to make people's lives improved? I don't think there was anyone in, in particular in the UK um, because I got interested in the social media when it, when it sort of first started. So I was in New Zealand then and I was working in search engine optimization and man, that's a minefield for anybody that's ever worked in it, trying to keep up with things that go on and change and Google changing the rules every other day. And Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, they were all just about born and I thought, you know, these things, these, these tools, these channels, they're going to be our future. And I just took a real interest. So it wasn't anybody and any, an, an individual. It was really probably the platforms themselves and particularly LinkedIn, because I could see that that was actually a business to business place where it was working online 24 seven. Um, so that's where I got inspiration from was probably the tools themselves. And, that, and that's where I put my hat out as, as my home, if you like. LinkedIn is the place where I spend most of my time. And because my business is sort of more B2B, it makes sense to be there. As you started your firm, Blue Banana, tell me more about what gave you the, the impetus to start the business. Do you remember how you got your first client? What was the problem that you solved for that first client? It was probably a problem I solved for myself first, and then somebody saw that I was solving it with social media, which is a strange little story in itself. I discovered that I was gluten intolerant. So I thought, well, I'm going to build myself a website and share my bit of knowledge of my journey, because there's plenty of other people out there gluten intolerant, of where you could actually buy the products from that you needed so that um, you too could eat half decent bread and, and baking products and all the other things that we were missing out on. But 
as people that build websites would know, that's the easy part. Getting traffic to it is the hard part. It's just like building a, a bricks and mortar store in the middle of the desert otherwise. So social media coming along, it actually made sense that that was a great way to drive traffic back to a website. And people that were I was doing SEO for, I was telling them the story and, you know, that this LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, that was pretty much just being born. Um, and it was probably the f one of those that actually said to me, you know, we all need more traffic to our websites. Can you show me what to do with LinkedIn? How can I use it? So we, we pretty much learned together. And, and that was the, really the basis of it. And I thought, well, if I can do this for one person, I can do it for an awful lot more. And I was getting a little bit cheesed off with SEO anyway. You know, I'd sort of been there, done that. So I thought, well, these new platforms, let's see if we can make something of this. So I set up my company in order to do that, really, um, change direction. So it wasn't particularly that it was intentional. It was just one of those things that came along and I made the decision, yep, I'm going to take the right fork rather than the left fork. Well, by taking that right fork, Linda, you did something that many people listening are struggling with or perhaps have done already. And that is listen to what the market says that they want. It makes complete sense to those who follow that advice. And it's really hard on those who ignore the market's response and the voice that they're trying to give business owners who are looking to grow, acquire more clients and make, you know, serve a greater number of people. Yes, and I'm a great believer in serendipity and the fact that something happens for a reason and it's up to you whether you take that opportunity or not. Um, and I was listening to something Malcolm Gladwell was saying earlier on in the week and he was saying about stories and how he came, comes up with these ideas for stories. He doesn't wait for them to happen. He looks for them to happen. And it's the same. We walk around with our eyes closed 99% of the time we've either got our heads in our phones or we're just doing our stuff we're just doing our thing and we we don't know what's going on around us now that can be a conversation that's something you pick out of it can be a training course it can be anything you just need to be open to see what's out there that can interest you and perhaps give you an opportunity because there's so many that I'm sure we just miss daily. That's right. It's a matter of what we have on for our filters as to what we're going to see and take action on. And that makes a difference, that openness and curiosity that you speak about. So how did you get started writing books? That's no easy task. <laughs> yes. Well, that's where the hard work starts, actually, when you finish writing a book. Um, I'm, I like to give freely. I like to give my information away. If I know something, there's no point in just keeping that to me. So I thought, while I'm learning these channels, and this will be back, what, in 2010-ish, somewhere around there, why don't I put them down what I know and write a chapter on each? So back in those days, which sounds like the, the dark ages, but it wasn't really, there was only the real, there was only really four channels. So that was YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. There wasn't anything else about. So that was the first book. So I wrote a chapter on each one and I put some stuff in there about creating a plan and having a basic strategy um, and a bit of SEO. And we did about 40,000 words somewhere around that region. And I thought, you know, I've got, I've got pretty much a book here. So I sent it out like you do, three or four different agents, three or four different publishers. And I got some response very quickly. So 
the first one said, yes, we'd like to take it. The second one said no. The third one said no. And the fourth one just basically ignored me. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, the first one eventually turned around and said, actually, it's not for us. The second one said no. The third one said, actually, we wouldn't we would quite like to look at this book now. And the fourth one had already said, um, yes, we quite like to do it in a seven day series, which is a bit like the dummies guide. So I'd got two different publishers on the boil and I'd already sort of started talking to Lucy at Wiley's and we got on like a house on fire and she got some great plans for it. So I thought, you know what? I quite like the human behind this publishing company here. So I'm going to stick with Wiley's. Even though the others were offering more money, it's not always about the money. So that's where I started with my book. Um, it was a very easy journey. And the four, the four books, well, the three books since then have, have come because of our relationship and because of sales, I guess. I just suppose if the, if the sales have been rubbish, they're not going to want to take any more on. Well, that really helps people understand the wealth of knowledge that you bring, as well as how accessible you are. Nobody wants to learn from someone who only speaks in dry facts. You talk about the people you meet, you talk about examples, and you look to be helpful. And that's 90% of the game right there. Mm. And you know, it's not hard. And, uh, you know, people are afraid of giving away their IP. And they really shouldn't be, because if you can give somebody something, you don't have to give all your tools in the toolbox away. But if you can give them something, a taster of the sort of information that you can help them with. For instance, I've got a client at the moment and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give him everything right at the very beginning because not because I don't want to, but because he wouldn't be able to soak it up. But over the months that we've been working together and he's a chap actually in Australia, you know, he's it's beginning to sink in now and he's working really, really well on his audio strategy. Um, as well as his LinkedIn strategy. So he's trying to get more out of those two channels. And when I say an audio strategy, he's, he's creating very short podcast episodes and putting those within his articles on LinkedIn, on his blog, and obviously out into Apple and iTunes and Stitcher and, and everywhere else. And it's, you know, there's plenty of, there's plenty of conversations yet to be had, but we're steering down into a direction that he's happy with and he's beginning to understand. So yes, give some tools away. Don't give them all away at once because A, you want to keep some back, but B, the person you're working with or the person that you're talking to, it's just too much to take in. So just be generous, but timed, I suppose would be the word I would use. Linda, I couldn't agree more. And I'll, I'll share with you from the other side, as I learn and discover things in my own business and help other clients with the challenges that they're undergoing in their organizations, it doesn't make sense to try to absorb everything at once because it leads to overwhelm and it's overwhelmed. They're not going to follow up. So it's a very smart approach to take it and give it out in bite-sized doses. Watch how the person or the group you're dealing with digests the information and then give them more so you don't cause a stomach ache. That's right. It's a bit like eating a whole bar of chocolate at once. It's nice, but then you wish you hadn't bothered. <laughs> that's right. Those are the word, That's what's called unintended consequences. <laughs> <laughs> so Linda, um, creating the book was great, but you said that's where the hard uh, work begins. What did you mean by that's where the hard work begins after the book is published? 
Because you need to market it. Now, whether you're traditionally published or whether you're independently published, the one thing that you need is distribution because without a distribution channel, it's not going to go anywhere. And one of the things that traditional publishers rely on now, and probably didn't 10 years ago, but they certainly do now, is the size of the author's audience because it's part and parcel of it. They, they don't do... Um, the same things publicity wise as they did 10 years ago because we've got different channels so for an example this time around on this particular book um, I did an interview for CEO magazine and that was pretty much it there's not much else comes out of any publishing departments ma marketing so um, they, they all leave it down to the author now so if you haven't got an audience it's going to be hard work if a public asks someone who's writing a book, what's the size of your audience? How does someone respond to that question just by adding up the number of their followers on all their social media channels? It's, it's pretty basic. Yeah, you've got it. So what have you got on your database? What have you got uh, on your email database? How many fans and followers and connections have you got? And what are you going to do about promoting this book yourself? Are you going to run seminars? Are you going to run trainings? Are you going to try and sell bulk loads to corporates that may want to have their branding put on the inside cover and a, and a word from the CEO? Um, so they want to know what you as an individual are going to do very much so. So, um, I mean, I got a PR company involved with my very first one. I thought it'd be great if I could get on the TV and the radio. And that's what I did. It's all part and parcel of it. It's about growing your own personal brand. So for anybody that's wanting to write a book or is in the middle of writing one and publishing one, work on the size of your audience because that is your distribution channel. As you were writing the book and investigating different ways that business people, business owners, entrepreneurs can use social media, what were some of the, the more surprising things that you found? Well, there's a lot of independent consultants work here in New Zealand. There's a lot of small businesses. So there's a lot of people that are using platforms like LinkedIn as a sole proprietor for their business. So they'll, they'll be thought leaders in their field, but they'll probably just be, they're a team of one and maybe a virtual assistant. And what I suppose amazed me was they've got something like LinkedIn where it is just B2B but they weren't really sure on how to use it. So there's a lady that I've been following, I won't mention her name, <laughs> but she seems to have it down pat. She's figured out that by putting on LinkedIn a question and then not, not a link to anything, not a link to a blog, not a link to a podcast or a YouTube video or an article anywhere else, but just asking a question in a semi-long form. So probably about a hundred words, but broken it down on the platform so that it's easy to read. It's not all just rolling sentences one into the other. So she's put some paragraphs in there and she's asking a question and it's usually often experience. And that works really well because people then can see it easily. They can read it on their smartphone because half the people that are on social sites are on their smartphone when they, when they consume them. So it's gotta be easy to read. Um, and then asks for their opinion and, you know, she can get 30, 40, 50, 60 different comments, which is great because A, she's having a conversation, which is what most of the social channels want now, Facebook and LinkedIn, they all want conversation. No, I think those are really good tips, Linda. I think that people need to be thinking about their audience. They need to be engaging. They need to write for smartphone formatting. 
all of those make a whole lot of sense. So Linda, let me ask you, as you were writing your book, what were two of the best tools or techniques that you came upon that you wish that more people knew about? Well, I think it's not a case of they don't know about them. They know they're there, but they probably don't use them. One is actually doing an audio recording, not necessarily a podcast, but an audio recording of their work because people like to be able to do two things at the same time these days. Now, there's been a lot of talk about video, a lot of people using video, a big push on video. But actually to be on video yourself, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that, particularly maybe females because, you know, they're worried about their hair and their makeup. I've been there, done that myself. And it's, it's so there's a sort of a barrier. When it's audio only, you can be sat anywhere you like, whether it's in an airport, sat up in bed, in your pajamas, you know, in the boardroom, wherever, and put your thoughts and feelings down or the thing that you want to say on audio and post that to social media platforms, post it to your blog. It doesn't have to be a written article. And I think people, for some reason, they get stuck on the, oh, do you know, I couldn't write. So that's stopping them getting their their brand scene. It's stopping getting them out there because they can't write. They feel that they've got to be word perfect and they don't want to do video. Well, there is an audio version and you can just use your smartphone. Just use the voice memo, um, save that up into the cloud and then post it to whatever your chosen platform is, whether it's Podbean, whether it's SoundCloud. It can be, you know, there's, there's, there's loads of them. But that's another alternative. And it's something when you think about it, you think, yeah, actually, I can do that. Because if you're like me, while you're walking the dog at the gym, doing the gardening, driving to work, you can consume something else while you're doing a chore. So you are, you can multitask and it doesn't always have to be about work. It can be about a hobby. Um, I listen to a lot of stuff on publishing. Hobby look, listens to a lot on cycling. So whatever, whatever is your thing, there's something out there. So as an individual trying to get your name and your brand moving, think about audio. That would be the one thing that, um, I would push for now, for sure. Have an audio strategy. Linda, you raise an interesting point. If someone is developing their thought leadership platform and they want to create an audio podcast that's comprised of their thoughts and recommendations and interesting ideas that they come across, can they switch topics and still do it effectively? Can they talk about work-related things on some days and then maybe, as you said, cycling on other days? Does that work as well or should people tend to stay to the chosen track? I think it can work and I think it does work because people listen to the person. You know, when you first listen to somebody's voice on audio, if you don't like it, you turn it off. It doesn't matter what they've got to say. So if you're, if you're, listening and you're liking what's coming out of that person's mouth and you're enjoying what the you know the sound and what they're saying then you actually don't really mind if they talk about some more personal stuff because then you're getting to know them as a person it's it's just builds it puts flesh on the bones of who you think that person is 
So it's a bit like reading a book in that you, it's theatre for the mind, isn't it? You, you create a character in your head, you know what they look like. It could be completely different from what the author thinks that character is. And it's the same when you listen to an audio recording. And now I'm building a picture of what you look like, Bill. I've no idea what you look like, but I'm building a picture of who you are because I'm talking to you and you're probably doing the same about me. Um, so that's a good point again, because we all make judgments and start to fill in the gaps. Seconds of listening to each other or meeting another person. We're making assumptions about, you know, how, where did this person come from? Is this someone who I care to listen to? Is this someone who I could benefit from listening more from? How tall are they actually? Like that are going on either consciously or unconsciously, and it makes a difference. And I think that what you're saying is, is just put it out there. People will fill in details. People will enjoy getting to know the full person and it can only help. Is that, that essentially true from your perspective? That, that's correct. And um, I have a podcast myself and I interviewed a guest a couple of weeks ago and we started to go down a route that was not what we were supposed to be talking about. And I said, you know, I think we need to do a part two on this and, and go this particular route because it was quite a personal subject that affects a lot of females. So yes, there's an audience for it, but was it right at that moment in time? Probably not. But I can certainly go back and talk to that lady again and we can dig deeper. And if I want to, and, and anybody else that's doing a podcast, they can say at the beginning, you know, this is slightly away from the norm, but this is what we want to talk about because it's an important topic. So, you know, feel free to listen. So you make your own rules. You don't have to stick by what everybody else does. <laughs> so you mentioned something earlier that I think relates to this point very well. And you talked about putting down the words, but then how do you get traffic to read them? If someone's starting a podcast, what would you suggest in terms of getting your first hundred to a thousand followers? What types of strategies do you advise people to follow? What do you encourage them to use that they may be overlooking? I don't think there's any major thing. I think it's a whole pile of, of little things. Uh, and it's, 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 again, it's a bit like talking, you know, if you've opened a new store, you've got to tell people about it. So you'll do that with word of mouth. So you'll tell your buddies, you'll put it on Facebook, you'll put it on your Facebook page. You might take an ad on Facebook because it's still a pretty cheap way to get targeted people to go visit a page, share it on LinkedIn, but don't think you can only share it once. Now, you don't need to share it every couple of hours. But certainly on, on a site like LinkedIn, you know, there's got different time zones. Some people be in bed when you share it. So feel free to share it the following day and maybe three or four times. Change it up. Don't put the same sort of teaser sentence with it of what the audio is about, what the recording's about. Put something, change something in the sentence, see what works. But share it more than once. Take out some ads if you can. LinkedIn ads are quite expensive and you'll be looking at somewhere between six and twelve dollars a click that's quite different <laughs> than facebook where you can still get sort of 20 30 40 cents a click if you're lucky um but you do have to have some budget in the early days to get something moving and it's the same if you're trying to promote your book you know Yes, you've got an audience, but do think about the advertising side of things because it can be quite cost effective to get your brand out there, particularly if there's something off at the end of the book. Maybe you offer a service, a coaching service or um, a training plan, maybe. 
So you're not just looking at the 999 value of the book. It's something much more. So yeah, use adverts. Linda, you have quite a lot of experience on LinkedIn and you've worked with many clients on there. Tell me, do people, entrepreneurs and thought leaders, do they need a company page? And if so, what should they be putting on there to continue to build their platform? Uh, I'd say that all companies need to have a company page, but growing your company page is hard work. It doesn't happen overnight. It can take a long time. But the best way to, to actually get that to grow is to then get your team behind you. So share something on the company page, which can be corporate or it can be more um, personal about maybe a team member that's um, won an award the whole whole host of things video is now available on LinkedIn company pages but because you don't have many followers and it's hard to get them you then need to share that company page so that's where your team come in so if that content is good enough to be shared by your team i.e. your team actually want to share it out into their own networks that's the trick then they'll be happy to and that's where you get the eyeballs but it's from people's individual profiles it's not necessarily just from the company page so if you've got 10 members of staff and they're all agreed to share it and they've all each got um i don't know 300 connections you know that's that's 3,000 people that would see that post off your company page at any one time, as long as obviously they're on LinkedIn. So use the team members to promote the page of the company, but do have a company page because you can put those more corporate things on there that you, you may not want to share individually yourself. So let's go back to the idea of thought leaders building their platform. And if they're in B2B, LinkedIn would be the place that they ought to be building their platform at least as one of their primary channels. I think that articles are another important component of those types of campaigns. It, when somebody posts articles on LinkedIn, what are some of the insider secrets to getting more likes, shares, and comments? Have a great image is the first one. Um, not steer away from stock images. And those images that uh, make me want to cry are things like you see a signpost that says decisions on it or something, <laughs> something yuck like that. Try and, and and pick something that's meaningful towards the article that you're going to, that, that you've written, but is, is, is different, is striking in some way. So it might be a black and white one. It might be sepia even, it, but it's not just an, a, a bog standard stock image that you've not really thought about. So the image is the first thing that catches your people's eye. We're all quite visual. The second thing is the headline. Don't make it clickbaity and don't make it, um, don't make it a, a, this is what I learned from my seven-year-old type of thing. We've, we've moved past that now on LinkedIn. So tell people what's, what the article's about, sure, but don't try and be clever just be just be clear then the article itself you don't want it to be too long so sweet spots probably around about 600 words which if you're wondering how long 600 words is it's probably about eight or nine inches on the page it's not it's not an awful lot but be clear and concise um throw some content in there that is useful so give away a little bit of your thoughts um, some of your IP. Don't think, uh, don't just sort of waffle. Give them, give them something tangible. And then ask at the bottom, 
What did they think? What's their experience? What are their thoughts? Ask them to write something in the comments in the bottom. I also quite like to put a image on the bottom of my articles, which is usually a link. It's usually a picture of my book and a link back to the website. So that could just be something that you're currently promoting. It can be a link to your podcast. It can be just a, a, another link back to your website um, and then share it. But again, when you share it, Make sure that, that teaser sentence is, is a teaser sentence. Find out what I thought about X. Find out what happened here. Rather than just, here's my latest article. And then share it. And then share it again tomorrow. And then share it again the day after. And keep it fresh. And try and write something that's evergreen. Um, as well as the, the other option would be something that's completely current. So what's in the news right now or something that can last quite some time. Linda, the idea of doing this is something that I think excites a lot of thought leaders, a lot of people who are published authors who aren't getting the attention that they deserve. Linda, could you tell me about a, an example, perhaps a client you've been working with that's been able to use social media to improve their business? I have a client that I've been working with for a little while now. And when we first started working together, they had a email database, although it was in turmoil. <laughs> um, they had no presence on LinkedIn. They had a tiny presence on Facebook and Twitter. And it was pretty much the receptionist that was given the task because she had a bit of spare time of updating. So there really wasn't an awful lot going on in their social media at all. Fast forward, what now, six months, I would say, and they are just all over the place in a good way. So now they have a LinkedIn strategy. Something gets posted every day. They have using the LinkedIn ad campaigns because they're B2B and they are looking for customers that want to take on looking at workplace wellness and nutrition for their team and all that type of health benefit for their, for, their, for their staff. So LinkedIn has been a huge bonus for them because like I say, they're using the, the LinkedIn ads as well as posting every day. The same on Facebook, change the time for things that go out at Facebook. So that goes out either in the morning or in the closer to the evening because you know most people are at work but those people in their downtime they still have a need they still have work colleagues and it still could be of interest to them what the, my my client offers so just by changing the the times of where things are posted on certain platforms works as well so linkedin would be in the morning part of the day rather than in the the latter part of the day and we've developed an email newsletter that goes out every month and that's the general manager's thoughts on what's going on in industry um, news and views of something current that's um, maybe time to start thinking about x or y because it's that time of year so they've got a strategy they've started working on it and they've had their busiest year ever now you could say is that all down to social media it's down to marketing in a big chunk it's got to be because the words out there they're, they're getting seen they're getting the views they're getting the inquiries so from going from absolutely nothing to having the best year yet and having a marketing plan in place you can't say that that's nothing to do with social media and just getting a strategy and getting it together that's true because marketing is all about raising awareness and you can't directly attribute 
everything to a particular email or blog posting or advertisement on Facebook. But you can see that the cumulative effect has certainly raised a company's profile over a period of time. That's right. And it's, it's, you know, the challenge now is to do that even better um, and make the following year as, as good as uh, not better than this year so that it's not just a blip and that you learn and that as the platforms change and new things come about, like I mentioned before, having an audio strategy, that'll be the next thing, that you grow um, and you see that growth and it carries on from year on year and you keep going. Consistency is certainly a key element of social media success. And then being able to exploit some of the new technologies because everyone's always looking to learn what's going on, what's new. What do you think is a third or fourth step for people who are listening and they have the consistency down and maybe they're um, sharing their thoughts and insights and news via text as well as audio or video? What else ought to be on the horizon for people to investigate to use social media for business? I think that it's, it's, it's really is just don't forget that actually you're talking to other humans and in whatever you're doing, however you're posting, whatever you're creating, to not forget that you are talking to other humans and that you are a human yourself. It doesn't necessarily need to be another tool. It just needs to have that go back to basics, I think. Um, and we're all guilty of it. You're sort of looking for the next big thing when actually it's actually really very simple and it's just to, to stay human. And that's what Facebook are trying to do now with the, you know, we've all been in uproar with Facebook pages, not showing in news feeds the same. And all Mark wants to do is have conversation so that he's promoting people that are having conversation. So, is that going to mean then that we all move over to Facebook groups because there's more conversation goes on in a group than a page? Then so be it. But just remember, conversation is what gets it moving. And it's the same on LinkedIn. If you, from when I mentioned the, the lady earlier on, she doesn't post a link to anything. It's not a link back to her website. It's her conversation. And each time you have that conversation, you take part in it. You've seen her brand. You're getting to know her more. Um, and she'll, she'll do well out of it. It's a great strategy to have. So I would encourage just to go back to basics and think about talking, conversation. Well, Linda, you've shared so many great ideas with us today. You've been really generous uh, talking about your founding of Blue Banana as a social media agency for helping thought leaders and entrepreneurs, learning uh, about the serendipity of being able to listen to clients and follow their lead in order to find more opportunities. You've talked about both the, the joy and the hard work of starting a book and learning about marketing your book is really where it begins because publishers today are rightly looking towards their authors to see the size of their platform as well as the initiative that they're going to take in going ahead to promote the book. You shared some great ideas about social media in particular, using LinkedIn effectively um, by the way that you create your titles, avoiding the kind of generic um, images and stock footage that people use. And the, the tip to be clear more than cutesy is one that I think many people will uh, grab and put to use. The story that you told about the company that was using it and how after six months time and consistency of publishing content and letting people get to know what 
the company's about, the different voices in the company, and how it's led to the busiest year they've had yet is an important reminder about using social media for business. So Linda, I just want to thank you very much for being on my quest for the best and wonder if you want to share any parting words for people who are listening and looking to make the most of social media for business. Well, it's been great being on. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I hope I haven't sort of waffled on a little bit too much. <laughs> but my parting, my parting shot would be a, a couple of things, really. Just remember that you are talking to other humans. And going back to what I was saying just only a moment ago about developing conversations, it's not always just about sending people back to your website link. It's about developing a conversation. And then take that conversation a step further. If it's somebody that you've seen around the traps a lot on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, you know, invite them out for coffee. Coffee is a great place to make a relationship deeper and um, meet them, chat to them see how you can help them possibly. Just remember that you're talking person to person. It's not always business to business. And how can people who are listening now learn more about your further insights into using social media for business? Well, they can go to my website, which is bluebanana.co.nz. Um, my business books are all on there. There's also a link to my other side of my life, which is lindacoles.com, which is the other writing that I do. So not, not going to push that here, but I can help with strategy. I can help with coaching. I can help you if you just want to talk about publishing a book. Um, I'd welcome anybody that wants to email me and ask me a question about just about anything. If I can answer it, I will. Fantastic. And thank you so much for joining me on my quest for the best. Thank you, Bill. Hi, this is Bill. Before you go, I just want to ask you a quick favor. If you've enjoyed this interview on my quest for the best, I'd love it if you'd go to iTunes, look up my quest for the best and subscribe. I want to make sure you don't miss the very next episode we have coming up. We've got a lineup of terrific guests, and I know that if you enjoyed this one, you'll like what you find coming up soon. Also, feel free to give it a comment, a like, because we work hard to put these interviews together, and I appreciate making sure that we're reaching you and serving you in the, the best way possible. I look forward to reading your comments and catch you on the next interview. Thanks so much.